Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to the Wrestling Days Clips channel. This is the review for Extreme Rules. Of course, you could be listening to this on podcast services, uh, Spotify, I think Google Podcast, uh, Stitcher. There's a few different places where this goes. So if you are listening to this on there, shout out to you guys. If you are watching this on YouTube, but shout out to you as well. Uh, apologies, this isn't live. I did plan for this to be live, but uh, it just became apparent I was not going to get a chance to get to it anytime soon. Um, actually, at the time of recording this, I can tell you that uh, it's been over three hours now since Extreme Rules ended. Um, obviously, the conversation has been around Bray Wyatt's return. Uh, it's been around the whole White Rabbit reveal at the end of the show. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll talk about it. We're going to cover everything here. Um, and, I mean, look, there's just so much to go through. It's it's hard to know where to start, but I suppose the best place to start would be at the beginning. Um, and at the beginning, we got an, an open, uh, and the open was Paul Heyman, which is always great because, obviously, uh, he is synonymous with extreme. Uh, obviously, he used to run ECW. Um, and so he was doing a voiceover. There was like a weird spelling bee where a child had to spell the word extreme. Uh, and then they were putting like video images, little clips over the top of like some of the most extreme moments from the history of WWE. Uh, I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was anything mind blowing, uh, but I thought it was an all right open. Um, and then uh, just before we actually got into the show, we were starting to hear that uh, apparently the new WrestleMania logo had been shown. We didn't see it. It was not shown to us, but it was, I, I think this must have been shown just before the show began because it was circulating all around social media. I've actually got it. Uh, this is the WrestleMania logo. You can actually see it on the Titantron. This is the WrestleMania logo for WrestleMania 40, which is going to be in Philadelphia. So it makes sense that they showed it off in Philadelphia uh, where we were for Extreme Rules. So I think it's nice. I think it's nice. I don't know if we're going to do any kind of color on it at all or if it's just going to be that kind of sepia. Uh, I think it's sepia. I suppose like it's got an old kind of vibe to it and maybe that's what they're going for. Uh, of course, like Liberty Bell uh, as well. So... Yeah, look, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a great looking uh, logo. Uh, obviously, WrestleMania 40 is going to be huge. So uh, I wanted to make sure to show you that because it actually wasn't part of the show. Probably should have been. But um, yeah, it was certainly uh, doing the rounds on social media. Right. So the show begins and we get to see our commentary team. Our commentary team is going to be Corey Graves and Michael Cole. They don't change commentators throughout any of the matches it's just these two uh, obviously one from raw one from smackdown now we know that they work well together um they've worked together so many times we've seen them and heard them recently on smackdown they did a few shows together recently uh i think they work great together i, I really like them and we've got to give props to michael cole tonight in particular he kills it he does such a great job Mainly during like the Edge match, I felt I thought he was brilliant during Edge versus Finn Balor. 
But uh, all throughout, I mean, he, there was just some great calls by him tonight, adding a bit of emotion. Uh, I think he was dropping a few names in there as well. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of uh, awesome work by Michael Cole tonight. Uh, then we got a little White Rabbit thing. Again, nothing that we haven't already seen. Um, I suppose it is just worth mentioning that outside the building, there was a couple of White Rabbits wandering around. So uh, we had a couple of White Rabbits. We also had a word search. The word search uh, had um, abandon all hope ye who enter here. That was hidden in there. There was abandon all hope ye who enter here as just like a bit of a poster which was being handed out to people, which was quite nice. Uh, I did get told there was a QR code on uh, the porter potties, but I didn't see any more reports of that. And I did see an image, in all fairness. I did see an image, so uh, I believe that there was at least one uh, there, but I didn't see anything. So there was look, bits happening, yeah, bits happening all in the build. Uh, and even during the show, we just randomly went to... Uh, this kind of animated white rabbit thing. Um, and it was good. It just kept it on the agenda. It didn't distract too much. It's not like they gave us a QR code, which I think would have been quite bad for them to do that because QR codes are really distracting. And it's one thing to distract during SmackDown and to distract during Raw. It's another one to distract during a premium live event. So yeah, that wouldn't have been the best idea. This was uh, better. This was better. Uh, right, then we got our first match. Now, this first match goes 17 minutes 50. And I can tell you that 49% of our chats, our watch along, which I don't know, at this point would have had 1,000 some people watching. 49% uh, of those that voted gave it five stars. That is how great this match is. For many people, this is match of the night banger after banger after banger and they deliver another banger it is imperium against the brawling brutes i mean i've got fast paced hard hitting this is awesome chance we want table chance shillelaghs in the face barricades being knocked down um people being slammed into bars like there was barrels i remember butch launching himself off the barrels uh there was like barrels on the outside there was a bar on the outside i mean if it wasn't nailed down they were using it uh and it was it was brilliant it was brilliant it was just a great fight it was just a great fight between these two teams and i think their kind of stories have been the build has been pretty good uh obviously we saw that fantastic intercontinental championship match at clash at the castle we obviously got the controversial rematch on smackdown um this was all about the two teams though going at it tonight and it was it was a banger banger after banger after banger uh you can see gunther getting uh, planted uh, through the commentary table as i said if it wasn't nailed down it was just you know people were going through it basically uh, but the end result is, as we said, 17 minutes 50. Uh, it is a win in the end. Lots of shillelaghs being used. And um, it was just brutal. It was just brutal. But uh, it is brawling brutes that uh, pick up the victory. Uh, I think it's deserved. Um, obviously, they've been on the losing end, Seamus in particular. 
uh, has been on the losing end quite a bit. And I feel like the Brawling Brutes really needed this win more than Imperium. Obviously, Gunther is still Intercontinental Champion. I expect him to have that belt for quite a long time. Um, and he doesn't take the pin, of course. So, yeah, I feel like this this was much needed for Brawling Brutes. Um, brilliant match. I personally wouldn't give it five. I thought that it was definitely in the four and a half, maybe four, seven, five range. I'd probably settle on four and a half, if I'm being honest. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like I was really enjoying it and I was really into it, but I don't know that I was like totally emotionally invested. It was a brawl. It was a fight. It was two teams beating the living daylights out of each other, but it was nothing deeper than that. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't know that it stands up next to some of those really dramatic championship matches, you know, that, uh, you know, titles were on the line and things like, maybe that was it. Maybe, like, it was just two teams trying to, you know, show that they are the dominant faction and maybe, like, because the there was no titles on the line, maybe that was uh, something that could have, like, helped and added to the drama a little bit. Don't know, tricky one. Uh, I I always say that five stars, you just know, you just know in your in your gut, you just know it's a five star match for you. I mean, obviously, this you know we all have different uh, perspectives. Uh, for me, I never got to that point. So four point five, four seven five, somewhere around that ballpark. Brilliant opener. Let's not be down on this. No one's down on this. Brilliant opener. Right, then we moved on backstage. We had uh, Gritty and The Miz. Uh, and uh, this was kind of for Miz having a go at uh, Gritty. Gritty had got, like, Miz a T-shirt. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to be nice. Uh, it was Extreme Rules, and it had Gritty on it. Obviously, this is the mascot of the Philadelphia Flyers. And, um, I mean, I don't know anything about the Philadelphia Flyers, but Gritty is someone that kind of trended, didn't he, when he first arrived? Because he is, I don't know what he is, but um, he is uh, certainly something that caught people's attention. So I remember seeing him when he first arrived and he was first uh, revealed. And uh, I don't know, he's pretty fun. I, I don't know what people think of him. I think he's pretty fun. And um, these little moments that were dotted throughout the show with The Miz, they were all right. They were all right. I didn't mind them at all. I actually thought this was kind of comedy that was done all right. Sometimes WWE get comedy wrong, but I thought this was actually pretty fun. Uh, right, then we move on to our second match. Our second match is Liv versus Ronda. Oh, it's hard to know what to say here. I, I tried to get a picture of Liv's bat as she came down because she had a bat and it had like chains on it. And uh, I don't know, it was decorated. Uh, I suppose it's a long day, so, you know, if you have got a bat, you might as well decorate it. But, um, yes, she brought that down. Uh, this match, I mean, again, let's go to what uh, people said. 61% uh, in our uh, chat gave this 375 or below. And to be honest, that was the lowest rating. Um, I, I only have four options during my watch-alongs. They only let me have four slots so uh, 375 or below was the lowest one. I think if we'd have allowed people to go lower, people would have gone lower. Uh, I did see a quick review 
that came out straight after um, Extreme Rules ended uh, from 411 Mania. I do tend to keep an eye on their uh, reviews. I like their reviews. They gave this a D minus, right? They were not feeling this, and many of you were not feeling this as well. I think, to be honest, there's moments in here where it's all right, actually, uh, and we can have a look at a few bits that are all right, but there's moments here where they're hitting each other and it just feels like they're not really going for it. We saw a lot of brutal matches tonight. We saw a lot of stuff that was hard-hitting, like, this is your time to just, you know, go crazy. Yeah, let it all out. This is extreme rules. And we saw a lot of matches where people were doing that. And it felt like these two were not giving it their all. Well, I can't say that because I actually thought they both put in a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I think they really did try. When I say not giving it their all, they were pulling their punches so, you know, Ronda on the outside, she had a bat and she was like tapping at Liv. She wasn't really like wailing away at Liv. It was just little, little taps. I, I feel like they could have turned the intensity up here um, quite a bit, actually, at times. But uh, yeah, so uh, we've got a few spots. You can see there uh, Liv screaming at Ronda. Ronda ended up just slapping her in the face at this moment, which did make me laugh. Um, and we got a nice looking uh, sent on through a table. The crowd wanted tables. Uh, they gave them tables. So, uh, but the crowd were really quiet throughout this. The crowds were not massively into this, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh, the finish comes this way. And again, just really weird that, I, I don't know, like Liv's eyelashes are like falling off and everything. I mean, it is extreme rules. Yeah. Um, and she finds herself like being choked. And, uh, like, before she actually, like, kind of passes out because she ends up losing the title and she passes out, before she passes out, she's got this, like, weird smile on her face. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I don't mind it. I suppose in a way it's kind of like, well, what is there left to do? But smile, you know? You know that you're passing out. But equally, there might be a little bit of pride in that you never actually quit. She never gave up. And so is it a case that she knows this is the end of her title reign, which she's obviously been very vocal about loving and, you know, not wanting to end. And uh, she knows this is the end, uh, you know, rather than go out like upset crying, which is a big criticism that we've had of Liv, actually. Liv has always been someone we've said will cry very easily, far too emotional. Here she is in this situation where she's about to lose her title. She's got a smile on her face. The psychology of that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's weird. But it's not bad weird. I, I actually think this is all right. I actually think this is all right. Like her kind of smiling as she's being choked out. You can definitely look at it as maybe she's not taking it serious or whatever. I see it as an act of defiance. I see it as an act of live maturing and I, I i don't mind it i really don't mind it so yeah look I, I i wasn't crazy about the match i do like the fact that ronda is the champion uh i think ronda is legit i think Liv had a real problem with trying to get people to believe that she could get past ronda um didn't know quite how it was going to go i actually thought Liv would win i thought they would find a way of having Liv win 
and then Ronda could go on to something else, like maybe maybe a feud with Shayna or something. Maybe that feud's coming anyway. Maybe uh, Ronda and Shayna is the feud that comes next anyway. But yeah, I did wonder if Shayna might make her presence felt, interrupt, interfere, and actually cost Ronda this this match. But it wasn't didn't go that way. It wasn't to be. So uh, yeah, Liv passes out. Ronda becomes uh, champion. And uh, yeah, there was plenty of people in our chat that that weren't really feeling this one. Uh, moving on. Right. We've got Carrion against Drew. Uh, this is hard hitting. I mean, this is the strap match. And um, like Carrion was messing around at the start. He wouldn't put his hand in the strap. And um, basically, Scarlett ends up getting the end of the strap, pulling at Drew. Uh, it, it allows Carrion to get the advantage. Um, they go fighting off in the crowd. Uh, like there's quite a bit of time before the match even really begins that uh, they're just brawling and fighting. Eventually they do get underway, but uh, the image we've got on screen is of them fighting in the crowd. Uh, when they're actually in the ring, we start seeing them whipping each other. There was whipping in pretty much every match tonight. I don't know if there was a match. Maybe the main event didn't have it. But I think outside of that, I think pretty much every match had some degree of whipping. Uh, this one in particular, this had a lot because um, obviously they've got the strap and that's kind of part of a strap match. So, yeah, they were whipping away, but they were even whipping each other in the face, kind of around the neck and the face area. It was like, oh, brutal, <laughs> really brutal. So uh, they were going uh, they were going at each other. Uh, the way that we get to a finish, you can see Scarlet. I mean, wow, she didn't leave much to the imagination tonight, Scarlet, with her uh, attire. But um, yeah, it, she jumps into the ring and basically, just as uh, we're about to get a claymore from Drew, Scarlet jumps in using pepper spray and pepper sprays Drew. And that's it. That, that allows uh, Carrion to pick up the victory. This one goes for, I believe it's around about 10 minutes 20. So it's actually not as long as the others. The only thing is that uh, obviously there was a bit of stuff that happened before the bell even rang. So uh, it probably had a bit more time than the 10 minutes 20 suggests. But uh, yes, uh, this is how it finishes with some pepper spray and Carrion picking up the win. I don't know that that's the biggest surprise in the world. I felt that Carrion needed the win. This is his first big match, first big feud. And uh, as I said, I think that makes a lot of sense. Then we were backstage again with uh, Miz and Gritty. Miz is on the phone chatting away. He looks over and Gritty is there mimicking him. And uh, again, you know, just a fun little moment between these two. Then we go to our next match. Uh, I believe this is match number four already uh, of uh, six matches. So match number four, this goes for 16 minutes 40. I was really looking forward to this and it didn't let me down. I, I would. The only thing I would say is that I feel like it's in the conversation for best match, but I don't know that it gets best match. I was really looking for this to be a women's match of the year contender. It may get a mention, but to be honest, I don't think this is anywhere near uh, Bianca and Becky from WrestleMania this year. 
So um, I've got an image on screen of what Bianca was wearing. I thought she looked stunning. I thought, I mean, she obviously makes her own ring gear. This was got lots of like gold kind of linings and uh, it was just really classy. It looked great. It really looked great. So yeah, I loved what she was, what she was wearing. This, I believe, is the first women's one-on-one -on -one main roster ladder match, which is a pretty big deal. So, uh, yeah, this was one I was really looking forward to. Bianca versus Bailey. Um, Bailey, there's a spot. It might be, I don't know that it's the worst spot of the night, uh, but certainly up until this point for me, it was. Um, basically, Bianca was on a ladder that was balancing between the ring steps and the barricades, and Bailey hurled herself off the edge of the ring and uh, went crashing into Bianca. That is a proper ladder. There was no give on it. The sound was horrific. Um, I mean, it really felt like someone had done damage. Maybe both did damage. Um, and it was a hell of a spot. I mean, I don't know that with everything we got after this, that this is the worst spot of the night. Not worst as in, like, just looked rubbish. I'm, I'm talking about the most brutal. I thought this was brutal. Um, again, you've kind of really got to hear the sound that it made. But, um, yeah, I, I popped at this moment. This was, uh, this was a, a horrific moment. Um, but yeah, there was uh, a few kind of horrific moments. I remember there being like a sunset flip, Bailey going over Bianca and hurling her into a ladder that was set up in the corner. There was ladders that were being broken apart and bits being used. And uh, it was a really entertaining match, actually. Um, we get uh, damage control come down, of course. So it looks like Bianca's going to win. Down comes EO Sky. Down comes Dakota Kai. Um, Bianca actually gets both of them. Actually, she gets, I think she gets Dakota. Dakota then tries to grab a hold of EO. I think probably to ensure that Bianca can't do anything, but she ends up grabbing EO. And so Bianca's got both kind of on her shoulders. She ends up like KODing both members of damage control. Uh, it was a real cool looking moment. The only thing I would say is that Bianca is and does single-handedly deal with all three members of damage control on her own. And to be honest, not, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> like that actually makes me kind of mark the match down because I just think like it's great for Bianca, but it's really not great for damage control. And uh, I don't know that we needed to book it that way. Um, personally, I would have preferred it if this was just one-on-one, -on -one, but I do understand that if Bianca is on the verge of winning, of course, the other members of Damage Control are going to come down. But I would ask, where's Asuka? Where's Alexa? Why did they not deal with Damage Control? Why was it all left to Bianca? Uh, I, I really don't know. I mean, we did see those uh, girls getting beaten up. I believe it was the go-home. So it might be that they just not, weren't medically cleared. I think a lot of people at this point were thinking that Sasha and Naomi could come down. Uh, they don't. I mean, literally, Bianca has to deal with all of these on her own. Um, so, yeah, we got that. It was still a cool spot. Um, and she wins with a KOD, right? So um, I haven't got an image of the KOD, but she hits a KOD on Bailey. It's, a, again, really strange. Bailey is grabbing hold of a ladder. I think she's probably grabbing hold of a ladder 
again so that Bianca can't quite pick her up because she's got to pick up Bailey and this kind of one side of a ladder. She does. She picks up Bailey. Bailey's still clinging onto this one side of a ladder. The point I made was as soon as Bailey is up, why didn't she get rid of the ladder? What is she hoping to achieve? What? Why is she still holding on to it? What is she hoping is going to happen? Because what happens is a KOD, and that means that Bailey gets planted onto the ladder that Bailey was holding. So I know that's a bit complicated, but basically, if Bailey had just chucked that bit of ladder away, she would have likely landed on the ring rather than the bit of ladder that she was holding. So I don't know. It was just little. It really was just bits like that that just kind of scored the match down for me. It's it's nothing drastic. It's nothing terrible. Like this is still a really entertaining match. I, I still really enjoyed it. But as I said, like we're comparing matches. We're trying to figure out what the best ones are, what our favorites were. And, you know, it is just little things that just mean that other matches, you know, are are favored more. And it's as simple as that. So I can tell you that uh, people really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. Uh, 4.75 to oh, 4.5 to 4.75. That got 36% of the vote. So that's what people in our watch along scored it. That's how they scored it. Uh, and Bianca uh, picks up the victory uh, as a result. Right, next we go on to our co-main event. And wow, there's going to be a lot to talk about with this. We'll try and get through it as quickly as possible. This goes for nearly half an hour. And when I say nearly half an hour, I mean five seconds short. It was 29 minutes, 55. It, it was a stunningly long amount of time that absolutely no doubt could have had time shaved off it. It did not need to be half an hour, right? It is the longest match here by a country mile. Uh, so it's Finn versus Edge. Finn comes out with a sick mask, right? Comes out with a sick mask. Look at this. It's, uh, it covers his uh, head and it's got like spikes all over it. It reminded me of Demolition, which is no bad thing. Uh, and so Finn making his way down. Uh, these two start fighting everywhere. I mean, they just, they're fighting all over the arena. They actually even go onto the kickoff show desk. And then we get a cross face from Edge using a hockey stick, uh, which uh, was kind of a real fun moment. A bit annoying at the start. These matches where, you know, you constantly get in the referee shoving the microphone in people's faces because it was an I quit match. And so, you know, constantly the ref's going, do you quit? And the people are going, no. And it reminds me of Bob Backlund, Bret Hart. I remember that match. Uh, I remember Bob Backlund screaming into the microphone repeatedly. No, I don't quit. Um, and we were getting a lot of that. And I don't know, it's just a bit annoying. A little bit annoying. Still, though, you know, this match is fire. This is a great, great match. It just, it could have had time taken away from it. Um, and uh, we even go fighting in the crowd. I love this image. Um, we go fighting in the crowd and there's like a woman that was standing there. I think she'd just come back from like the concession stand. And she was making her way to a seat and she's like, oh my God, there's Edge. There's Finn Balor. And she's like, oh, she's bouncing around in the background. She doesn't quite know what to do. She ends up like running away, uh, which was kind of really fun. 
Um, yeah, there was a few moments like that, actually. This one with this lady uh, made me smile. I never actually saw this next one, but I got sent it and it's doing the rounds on social media. When Edge comes out for this match, uh, there's a security guard. Uh, again, this isn't going to work if you're listening, but if you are watching on YouTube, there's a security guard that has to like, he's sat over by a railing and he kind of leans out of the way. But he leans so much, he he basically becomes horizontal. Uh, and so he's kind of like lying flat on this like chair. Uh, I've got the image up for people of uh, this security guard trying to get out of the way as Edge is coming over and uh, interacting with the fans. Um, so, yeah, there was a few weird little moments like this. There was a moment earlier I saw where the security guards were telling the fans to sit back down. So the fans were standing up as like a moment was getting exciting. And I saw the security guards around ringside telling them to sit back, like calm down, sit back down. I, I, I don't know what that was about. Don't know what that was about. Like you can have fun, but not too much fun. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a bit strange. Uh, right. Then we get a match like between these two for a little while, but then we get outside interference. So, of course, uh, Damian Priest comes down. Uh, Dominic Mysterio comes down. Uh, we start getting Judgment Day getting involved. There's a great spot where Edge spears Finn into Damian Priest and into Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Rhea Ripley arrives and she handcuffs Edge to the ropes. So that's where we are. Obviously now this means that Judgment Day can all start setting on edge. I think a few people at this point maybe started thinking we might get a Bray moment here because clearly Edge needs help. Uh, what we get is we get Dominic attacking his dad. This was wild. So Dominic actually grabs Ray, uh, starts beating up on him, throwing him into barricades, throwing him into ring posts. This was quite the moment, actually. This was pretty cool. Beth is the one that makes the save. She jumps into the ring. She starts um, with a kendo stick, beating up on Finn Balor, chasing Judgment Day away. I think she even frees Edge uh, and uh, gets the key and uh, unlocks him. But yeah, this was cool. This was really cool. And there's a great moment, actually, where she's like face-to-face -face in the ring with Rhea Ripley. This was nice crowd uh, on their feet. They were really feeling this the pace of all of this and the energy of all of this. You just didn't know which way it was going. I mean, you constantly was getting people popping up. Uh, you know, we had had Ray come down uh, to try and help Edge. We had Beth coming in, trying to help Edge. We had all of Judgment Day around. We had handcuffs being involved. We had Dominic and Ray. Uh, we had kendo sticks. Now we've got Beth and Rhea. They're getting a moment. I, I think these two could be on a collision course. These two could end up having a match. Maybe Crown Jewel. Don't know. But um, yeah, it was good. It was really good. Um, and we even had Edge then starting to uh, attack Dominic. I'm always down for that. Um, the way that it all ends, though, right, is that basically Judgment Day grab Edge. They ask him one more time. Um, and uh, if he'll quit, he says no. Um, Rhea Ripley, I think, had knocked out. Uh, with brass knucks, I think she'd knocked out Beth. Beth was out cold. So they threatened to do a concerto. Edge, of course, quits at that point, says, I quit, I quit. You know, he doesn't want the concerto to be done to Beth. 
but Rhea does it anyway, which is brilliant. That's exactly what she should do. She should do it anyway. Of course she should do it anyway. Uh, so she does it anyway. And so this ends with Edge, um, like, you know, over Beth's body. And uh, uh, who knows what's coming next? Definitely revenge. Definitely revenge. But uh, in what form? How? I, I, I don't know. Very interesting. Um, I can tell you that 57% of people that voted, which I think was just over a 1,000 people, uh, gave it five stars. So 49% gave the first match five stars. 57% gave this match five stars. The drama, the emotion at the end in particular was fantastic. Storytelling in this match was brilliant. Again, oh, five stars. I, I don't know that I would do that because I really think you can shave time off this. And I really think that, you know, nearly half an hour in length, like this easily could have been 20 minutes easily. I reckon you could take 10 minutes out of this. Five, oh, without even trying. Without even trying, you could take five out of this. So uh, another one that might have just had a few things that just, you know, mean that it doesn't quite get to the five mark. But uh, it was brilliant. I think for me, this was better than the... this. I think this might have been match of the night. This might have been match of the night. This might be... this as When all is said and done, this is match of the night. Then uh, we get... Our, I think this is our final gritty moment. So Miz just has enough of gritty. Knocks him out. Yeah. Uh, so gritty goes down. Uh, and then, of course, behind Miz is Dexter Loomis. Loomis then starts choking out Miz. Um, and he uh, Miz is lying on the ground. Dexter gets Gritty up, helps him up. Gritty kicks the Miz. And basically, Gritty and Dexter Loomis walk off together. And that's how uh, this all ends. So uh, this was a little comedy thing that just ran throughout the show, basically. Right, main event time. Uh, obviously not the final thing that we would see, but main event time, we had uh, Daniel Cormier, DC, uh, former uh, light heavyweight, heavyweight champion uh, in UFC, make his way down. Um, uh, we got uh, Seth in Rob Van Dam attire. Seth freaking Rollins, uh, which was really cool. Uh, it, didn't, uh, it didn't jump out at first because I just didn't expect it, to be honest. I was trying to look at it going, what, what, what is that? Like, I was trying to think, like, is it something to do with Marvel? Is it something, is it something to do with House of Dragons? That was kind of where my head was at. And then I just looked, I don't know, I just looked at it. I was like, no, it's Rob Van Damme. It's Rob Van Damme. So, yeah, that was, that was a nice tribute. Right, this was the Fight Pit match. Uh, fight Pit seemed bigger, taller than the Fight Pits we had in NXT. They were fighting on the platform. The platform had nice uh, decals on of the kind of extreme rules, uh, crosses, and uh, it was it was nice, actually. Uh, the ones in NXT, I think, were just like a black platform. And honestly, the ones in NXT, I do not remember being this tall. And the ones in NXT, I think they had like a real shoddy rail around the edge of the platform, not that kind of chain link fencing. So this was different. This was a main roster fight pit. Uh, but it was all right. Uh, I mean, to be honest, after that last match, uh, what could they do? 
what could they do? I think the crowds, I don't know if they were burnt out, but they were quiet for this because there was nowhere to go. I mean, what what could they do in the confines of that fight pit that had not already been done tonight? Really what they needed is they needed a card that was quite normal, like, you know, normal matches. And then this would have stood out as a result. This would have, you know, been something special. Problem is the whole show had been pretty brutal and, you know, this this just just couldn't match up, basically. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know how much people were feeling this. Uh, it basically ends. So the match itself runs for 16 minutes 35, um, which, which is pretty long, actually. Uh, it didn't feel that long. Um, there's moments where DC is warning Seth to not put his hands on him. DC uh, sort of calls it down the middle, but there was definitely one moment where it felt like Riddle had been down for ages and DC was at about four. So I don't know quite what happens there. Um, but basically, uh, we got a senton, a broton, from the uh, top of the platform down onto Seth. It looked pretty brutal. Both of them screaming in pain to the point where I think they actually got hurt. Um, and there was a, you know, submission that was applied. I think it was a triangle and uh, basically Seth taps out. So that's how our main event ends. And uh, I think we then get Riddle kind of backing up towards the entranceway with Cormier. Cormier uh, has got Riddle's arm in the air and we get even the little trademark thing in the corner. Looks like the show's about to end. Of course, we sort of knew it wasn't because they'd been so heavily teasing White Rabbit that we were going to get something. So, I don't know. It was kind of, I don't know. It was weird that they were trying to kind of, I don't know, just make us think the show was ending. I don't, I don't know. It didn't really work for me because, like, the teases had been very clear that White Rabbit was going to be revealed on this show or something was going to happen. And we hadn't had anything, so uh, I think we were all just waiting still for it to happen. Uh, but then it does. Lights go out. Now, I'm not going to spend too long on this. Sorry if that's going to disappoint people. But uh, we've done tons of videos on this. And there will be a live stream as well on Sunday where we will like really dig into this a bit further. Um, but basically, lights go out. We then hear he's got the whole world in his hands. Then we get puppets in hu human puppets, uh, puppets that have come uh, back in human type form. Uh, they were in the crowd. So we see Huskus, we see um, Mercy the Buzzards, we see Rambling Rabbit, and we see uh, Abby the Witch. Abby the Witch is strange because it's not really like her face. Um, I suppose her face would be very difficult to do. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like bone. Uh, I, I've seen a few people saying that it might have been a bit of a tribute to Brody Lee because it might have been like a mask that he wore maybe when he was in Bludgeon Brothers or something. Not sure. That one needs to be looked into a little bit more. All of it needs to be looked into a little bit more. But uh, we got all of the um, uh, puppets basically in human real life form. I don't think that these are going to be around very long because these costumes don't look long-term to me. They look like they've been kind of chucked together for this show. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get more fun house, but we go back to the other puppets. I don't know if 
like more uh, reliable, durable costumes are on the way. But these ones really look like we've just grabbed a few things for this show. And it's just to get us through this show. Then we saw uh, The Fiend at ringside as well. There was also a mask on the commentary table. Uh, but basically, we went over to the entranceway. There was a door. I don't know where that came from. But there was a door. Uh, and uh, on the screen, we actually saw inside the funhouse all the puppets just lying there, motionless, and uh, lots of like cobwebs and everything. It was really cool. The way this was done was really cool. Uh, then the screen turned on, and uh, a masked figure started asking who killed the world and said, you did, we did. Uh, and then we go back to the arena. That's when the door opens and out steps this new character, which, you know, isn't really as adventurous as what The Fiend was. Um, this mask, I think, is very interesting. It's a, it's a different mask. It's not a mask that we've seen before. Um, and so, again, you know, a different time will have to pull that apart. This could be some sort of new persona. It might just be an entrance mask, to be honest. It might not be a new persona like how The Fiend was. The Fiend never took his mask off. Um, but we do see this mask being removed, which I think is very interesting. And actually, I don't think that's a point we've made in any other videos. But this mask is it taken off, which sort of suggests that Bray, this might not be a new persona. It just might be an, a new entrance mask. And um, and the persona that we're going to get is going to be a more cult leader Bray type persona. The lantern is the old lantern. Um, and so... I did, I did wonder if maybe we were saying goodbye to the past. Uh, we were saying goodbye to the funhouse that's been abandoned. The puppets have been set free. And now we've got, you know, whatever this version of Bray is going to be. So, yeah, really interesting. Bray took that mask off, as we said. Um, and the show ended with a logo on screen. This is, I'm guessing, Bray's new logo. Um, and that was it. That was Extreme Rules. Really hard to score, to be honest. Really, really hard to score. I think there were some really great matches here. I think that the Live Ronda matches may be the only match that kind of really didn't deliver. Um, I think uh, there was a few moments that sort of, I don't want to say dragged, but I think you could, you could easily have shaved time out of this show, easily out of the Edge Finn match, for example. Definitely could have took some time out of uh, out of that. I think the Bray moment is stunning and definitely uh, bumps the score up. I, I must admit, I'm probably around an eight for this show. Probably around an eight. Uh, I probably would go down rather than up. Um, I just think there was a couple of bangers here match-wise. Fantastic Bray Wyatt moment. But uh, as I said, you know, Liv Ronda didn't quite deliver. I think Edge Finn could have had time taken out of it. I think that uh, Drew Carrion was so-so. I think the main event was so-so. So, you know, you take that into account and take a couple of marks off and you kind of are around the eight marks. So I feel like that's a fair score, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'd love to know what you think down in the comments below. Obviously, we don't have uh, the live comments because this was meant to be a live stream, but 
well, I, I mean, like three hours after the show has ended is when I finally got around to doing this. So uh, apologies for that, of course. But um, yeah, I wanted to make sure that I still did it anyway. So that is it. Awesome. That is our review. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, really appreciate you guys uh, coming through this, you know, breakdown with me and uh, kind of getting our thoughts on all the different aspects. Uh, obviously, the big talking point is what is going to be next for Bray. And right now we don't know. But uh, as we said, we will uh, break that apart later on. Uh, and we'll do a live stream for that. So, uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. We will be back with Raw, of course, on Monday, uh, a Raw review. Uh, we will be doing that as well. So, um, yeah, back to normal, maybe, hopefully, uh, on Monday. Uh, I'm not expecting any White Rabbit stuff, but I'm sure we'll get something Bray-related. Uh, so we're still going to have plenty to look forward to, plenty of talking points. And obviously the fallout of this show uh, and what's going to be next as a result. So thanks a lot for watching. I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.